0: now. Broadcasting from the 960 The Patriot Studios in beautiful Arizona. Your car insiders.
1: Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz on the road again? Good morning and welcome to your car insider on 960 the Patriot. My name is Gary Green. I'm the host of the show. And remember easiest way to reach me. It's area code 602-525-1370. If you reach out to me and and you don't get me on the phone, please leave a message. I promise you I will call you back. I get back to people real quickly. I just don't unfortunately answer calls. I don't know because I'm so sick and tired of this robo dialing stuff. Uh, Once again, my number, easiest way to reach me. It's area code 602-525-1370. Very special thanks to Adam Breen at Earnhardt Hyundai. Remember, through December 18th, you can still bring toys for the Boys and Girls Clubs radio... um, toy drive, uh, the winner of the drawing will be $5,000, and the odds of winning are based on how many toys are brought in. You know, last week we talked about a, a bunch of things, and I was mentioned about the gentleman that wanted to get rid of the car that had the issues with the transmission, and I really appreciated the fact that he asked me what he owed me for my time. He didn't owe me anything. I am not here to take money from people uh for doing something that's what I ap- appear to be aftercare okay we had helped him buy this Nissan okay he bought a warranty when he bought the Nissan you don't call the warranty company okay you have the dealership call the warranty company and if you're not sure what they're doing please Call me. It's area code 602-525-1370. You know, one of the things that's really important is this. You got to understand the math. Now, when I was talking about this gentleman that had the the Nissan he wanted to get rid of, and he was off on what his payoff was on the car. That wasn't information that I gave him. It was information that he gave me and I got him approved on a car, and the problem was, A, his wife didn't like the car, which was a major issue, if you're going car shopping and your wife's involved, or your husband's involved, both, please be on the same page before you call me. It's it's a matter of, you know, I don't need to practice, and I also don't need to run the guys in the dealership around and it was my fault I should not have done what I did I should have told the gentleman hey if you want to try to buy this car let's go to the dealership and we wouldn't have it wouldn't have turned out probably the way it did but I'm glad the one thing I'm glad of he actually listened to me because I told him once the transmission's fixed keep the car you know there's nothing wrong with the car you have a warranty uh get rid of the car when the warranty's over. Uh, but the difference boiled down to what his payoff was, and the difference was $90 a month in payment. Okay, that's when I talk to people about you gotta understand how the math works. And very few times when somebody calls me up and tells me, I want to buy this, I want to buy that, I want to do this, I want to do that, I got no money to put down and my payment can't be more than this. Well, those are what I call the square peg round hole people. Very rarely does the payment that that person is trying to come up with match what they're trying to buy you know and and a lot of it you know and, and I don't I don't sugarcoat things you know I have a gentleman that called me a couple of times and we've spoken a couple of times he's a radio show listener he's trying to help his kids out and you know his kids got into a bad situation with not a good car and they're not happy with the car and they're trying to get something else and I got the typical and we want to keep our payment the same well When you have negative equity, and you're trying to buy something that's more expensive than what you have, and you have no money to put down, the math isn't going to work. And those are the people that get themselves in the most trouble because they go into the car dealership, they don't know how to say no, and they get convinced that they're doing the right thing. Now, I'll say it again, I was really glad that the gentleman with the Nissan kept his car. He cannot go wrong not getting something new. It was a great 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 decision he made and I'm happy he made the decision. But it's it's a matter of understanding how the math works. So I always use on a 72 month loan, $16 a thousand. Okay? And that's, you know, that's in a, in the low fours for a rate. Okay, and that's just the guide. And once your credit is pulled, and I don't discuss rates and I don't guarantee rates until I've sat down with you, you filled out a credit app with the salesperson at the dealership, your credit's pulled, and you allow me to sit down with you and talk to you about what your credit says. Okay, it's important to understand that I use that number as just a guide. Now, if it's $16 for a 3.9, if it drops down to 2.9, that's gonna change by about 50 cents a thousand. So on a $10,000 loan, your payment's gonna change $5 for a $10,000 loan and one percentage point. And that's over the term of the loan. So the other day, I was helping somebody buy a car And they had a rate from USAA. And the USAA rate was extremely aggressive. And we sat down at the Toyota dealership with my dear friend Jim Testa, and there was a $500 rebate on this new Camry she was buying. There was also a $500 military rebate that she qualifies for as a survivor of a veteran. She receives a pension from her husband's benefit who had passed away. She gets the military rebate. There is one catch to the military rebate and the other rebates. When financed through Toyota Motor Credit. And she was putting a lot, a lot of money down and she only wanted a 24-month loan. Well, we ended up doing a 36-month loan. I got her a better rate than USAA gave her, and I got her the $1,000 rebate. Well, on a 36-month loan, a $1,000 rebate would have changed her payment close to 30 bucks a month if she didn't take the rebate. So not only did she get the rebate, not only did she get a great deal on a car, not only did she get a car that she never thought she'd be able to buy a new one based on what the used cars were that she was looking at, and she got the rebates and the rate and a great price on a Toyota warranty. I'm not here to help you make bad decisions. If I think you're making a bad decision, I excuse myself. I'm not there to talk you into doing something that's not in your best interest. I'm here to guide you, okay? You're not paying me a fee for helping you get a car. It's what I'm, you're paying me for helping you get the deal that you're getting on the car. I'm here to help you. I am not selling you anything. You know, and we talk about, you know, we, these electric cars and this and that. And then you see the article that says, tested, 2022 Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer go big for Jeep. Okay. These things are huge. And I actually saw it. And it's it's good looking. But I will tell you this. It's a ninety-six to hundred and ten thousand-dollar Jeep, but remember, go look at a fully loaded Tahoe, a fully loaded Yukon, an Escalade, and a Navigator. It still it still mind boggles me when I'll go into the a dealership and I'll look at a a compact car, and MSRP's are now you know high twenties, low thirties. I remember, and I've talked about this before. In 1988, when I got into the car business, you could buy a Maxima for 10 grand. A new Sentra is over 20 thousand bucks. Uh, the new cheap Jeep, Jeep stuff is incredible. The new Jeep Cherokee, the Grand Cherokee, the Grand Cherokee Wagoneer, uh, and it's it's funny. You see this article, and the article next to it is, talks about EVs. And then I mentioned the Model Y somehow is a $60,000 car now. It's, and it cracks me up is where this guy comes off with this article, and I've talked about this, the new car destination charges the worst, here's why. The price you see on the window stick is, believe it or not, not the final price. Okay, consumer reports examine the rise of destination fees. Okay, but guess what? It's on the MSRP of the car. Okay, it says total vehicle options, $39,750. Destination, delivery, $1,695. $41,445. Minus seven fifty, minus seven fifty, minus five ninety five, with a total savings. The destination fee is chunky, but it doesn't even get put in bold. Even if integrated in the MSRP, another issue would linger, the distance to the buyer's destination. Yes, cars are big, heavy things that need to travel thousands of miles to buyers, except when they don't. How many people in the suburban Detroit live a few miles from the Ford plant in Wayne, Michigan, but they paid the same $1,195 destination fee on a new Ranger, and I'd pay, that, I'd pay here in San Francisco? The same might be asked for the Hyundai Sonata buyers in Alabama who paid $1,005 to ship a car that, That was made in Montgomery, Alabama. Despite, destination fees are likely a nice profit center for car makers, but I can't say that definitely because there's no transparency about what goes into them or why they differ radically between makes and models. But I do believe shipping and dealer prep are an essential part of bringing a car to the market as conducting crash tests and should be folded into the MSRP the same way. It's in the MSRP. I want to poke this guy in the eye. Every car has a destination charge and it's on the MSRP. Okay, dealer prep is not on the MSRP. Dealer prep is the addendum. I can't stand these people that write articles and have no clue as to what they're talking about. I understand how this works. My name's Gary Green. I'm the host of the show, and you can reach me at 602-525-1370. Very special thanks again to Adam Breen at Earnhardt Hyundai in Avondale.
2: Valley.
1: Welcome back to Your Car Insider on 960 The Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green. Easiest way to reach me. It's area code 602-525-1370. I want to send out a very special thanks to David Garcia and Alex Medina at Rodeo Ford, and especially my good friend Jim Mitchell, who's the fleet director at Rodeo Ford. You know, I always laugh when somebody tells me, I'm going to go to the fleet department and buy my car. Well, in the late 90s, they came up with this thing, and it was called the fleet slash internet department. Okay, and I was involved in one of the first ones in the Valley, and it was at a dealership I worked at, ABC Nissan. And it was funny because the acronym for fleet back then was full list, full list each and every time. So when we worked internet customers, people didn't mind paying profit as long as they understood how it worked. So if I sat with somebody and I showed him where the price came from and I showed him what the trade was worth and why the trade was worth that and this and that and the math made sense. Okay, I hated being a new car manager in a dealership that I didn't write the ads at because the ads were designed to jerk you around. Come in on the car. There's only one. It's already sold. It didn't have this. It didn't have that. You know, when I wrote the ads at Lou Grub Chevrolet in the early 2000s, we had a good, better, best pricing method. We had prices that we you know, we would advertise as suburban up to twelve thousand dollars off. You don't see that advertised anymore because they don't have those monstrous rebates. The markup from the manufacturer to the dealer has been cut down. But if somebody came in and I was the sales manager working a deal and they wanted to buy the car in the ad, there was a stock number. And The people would say to me, well, you know, I I, want to buy one, but I don't want that one. It never hurt to say to the people, hey, folks, guess what? Pick out whatever one you want, and I'll make you the best deal that I possibly can, and I give you my word that the price will be what the advertised price is on the stock number that you're looking at. Now, it was similar savings on All inventory. It wasn't hard to sell our cars at the ad prices. So I didn't care what stock number people were buying. Uh, And a lot of people, you know, they would just, you know, they'd be thrilled that I would honor that. I would do this. I was always very involved. I was a very hands on sales manager. And a gentleman that I worked for a million years ago used to use a term sales manager. And then there's a term that was always, you wanted to be a desk manager, which is a sales manager, different title. Okay. But this gentleman had a difference in what they were. And he used to say, a sales manager gets involved in the sales with a salesperson. A desk manager sits behind a desk. Now, I used to believe when I was a desk manager and I started a desk man when I was a sales manager, I would start the deal knowing exactly where I had to be to make a car deal so that if the customer didn't like the numbers that they were getting, they would get up and run for the door. And I wanted to be able to catch them to talk to them about that circumstance. And I'll never forget. It was 1989. I was a pretty new salesperson at ABC Nissan. And I was working a deal with a gentleman that currently owns a Nissan store in the Valley. And you would call back then and you would say, hi, boss. You would never use his name. Hi, boss. I'm with Jeremy. And Jeremy would like to buy stock number, blah, 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 blah. And the gentleman on the other end of the phone would say, now Gary, you ask Jeremy if we could work out all the details to his satisfaction, would he buy the car now? And you would write now on top of the four square. And Jeremy, would you buy the car now if we could work out all the details to your satisfaction? And Jeremy would say, yes. Yep. Okay, go ahead and just give me your initials right there on that little line next to the now. And then he would say to me, And I'll never forget this one. He said to me now, Gary, what I want you to write in the box about the description of the car, in parentheses, limited availability. Today's market price. And list all the options that were on the car that were dealer installed and then put the price of the car. And I presented everything to the gentleman and I... Watched him get up, ask me which one of those, I won't say what he said, were you on the phone with? And I said, just give me a second, I'll be right back. And I, as I got up, he was actually ahead of me, heading out for the door. And I opened up the door of the sales tower, I bumped into a gentleman, and I said, to the sales manager, boss, he's bolting. Bolting was when the customer got the numbers and they jumped up out of the chair and they bolted out the door. So the gentleman that I ran into looked at the sales manager and said, I think it's time for you to go out and talk to this young man's customer. And he got up and as he went for the door, the gentleman was already in his car that was parked right outside the door and he walked up to the car, and the gentleman rolled down his window and looked at him and said, if you get any closer, I will run you over as I leave. And said a few other choice words and left. And while that was going on, the gentleman that I ran into in the sales tower turned around and said, I've not seen you around here before. My name's Larry Van Tyle. what's your name? That was my introduction to Mr. Van Tyle at ABC Nissan in 1988. You know, and, and the car business hasn't changed. It still boils down to what's the car that you're buying? What's my trade-in worth? What's the tax on the deal? And what's the down payment? Those are the things that come up with how much you're financing. If you have a trade, is there equity in your trade? If there's not equity in the trade, how much does the negative equity impact you? Now, folks, if you have great credit and you have negative equity and you go out and buy a new car and you pay too much for the new car based on the current market conditions, I'm not talking about paying MSRP. I'm talking about these people that are going out and paying two, three, five, seven grand over, okay, 10 grand over, 15,000 over. If you have great credit, your bank's letting you finance that stuff. If you're writing a check, it doesn't matter, but it's a matter of understanding how the math works. The math has not changed, okay? Okay. When I was the sales manager in the Chevy store, I would try to talk to people before they got involved with the salesperson. I'm going to tell a story about that when we come back from the break. But one of the things I always told the people, and I still tell people this, don't ask the salesperson what he can, you can buy the car for. If you buy the car, I want you to understand how everything works. The salesperson that you're dealing with has very little to do with how much you're going to pay for the car. You and I have a lot to do with that when we're dealing with the right person at the dealership. My name's Gary Green. I'm the host of the show, and you can reach me all the time at 602-525-1370.
2: Valley. Highway,
1: highway. Welcome back to your car insider on 96 of the Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green. I'm the host of the show. The easiest way to reach me. It's area code 602-525-1370. Very special thanks to my friends at Lundy's Peoria Volkswagen. Uh, Rich and Troy, wonderful to deal with. Uh, Troy's the general manager. Rich is the general sales manager. I always joke that they work in Disneyland, but it's one of the advantages to work for a gentleman that actually is very involved in the everyday workings of his dealership. Uh, Dennis Lundy's a pleasure to do business with. Located at 8801 West Bell Road. You know, we were talking about stories and car deals and things like that. and You know, I'm going to tell people that I still do the same thing. It's a matter of listening to what it is you're trying to accomplish. Uh, But what I do ask for is afford me the same courtesy that I'm sharing with you. I got a radio show listener that I've helped numerous times and he wanted his son to work with me. And son wasn't the greatest communicator. And I said to him, all I need is a little bit of your time and we can figure this out before it gets worse. Because this car business thing, it's getting worse before it gets better. And he wrote back to me and said, that's impossible. I don't have the time. Well, if you can't make the time for me, I can't help you. I don't do all the running around For you, prior to going to look at the car, I can't decide what kind of car it is you want to buy. He then sent me something about a very strange selection, and he didn't want to buy a Suburban or something along those lines because his wife thought it was too big. And then he sent me a Nissan commercial van with passenger seats in it, with windows. Uh, and those things are big. Uh, it's not something that y- your wife's going to want to uh, drive around in if she's not looking for a large car. You know, I'm sitting in the studio and I'm looking out, and it reminded me of something. There was a sign, it's America Reports. Uh, they were talking about the price of gas. I paid four forty nine a gallon for gas. I have a car that doesn't get great gas mileage, and it takes premium fuel. That's a big thing to keep in the back of your mind when you're buying a car. Uh, Fuel economy, okay? Does the car need premium fuel? A lot of these cars that are these turbocharged four-cylinder engines, they have a term premium fuel required. Premium fuel recommended. Now, I always tell people, if you're buying a car that you're going to lease and you don't want premium fuel in it, you run the risk of having a problem with the warranty if you have a check engine light come on that was fuel related. But most of the time I tell people in the first 36,000 miles, you're not going to have the detonation problems. You know, you're not going to destruct anything in your engine, but your car is always going to run better with the premium fuel. So now back to the story. I was a sales manager at Lugrop Chevrolet from 2000 to about 2004, 2001 to 2004. We had a gentleman come into the dealership, and he wasn't quite wearing a suit, but he had a black sport coat on, black slacks, not very shiny shoes, and he had a tie on. And he said to me, I've got somebody in my car that wants to buy a vehicle. He wanted me to bring you to a Chevrolet dealership. Will you give me 250 bucks if he buys a car? So, you know, as a matter of fact... If he buys the car, I'll fill out a check request and yes, I'll give you $250 for the deal. So the girl comes up to me that I introduced to the people and said, what do I do? She was a brand new salesperson. I said, we'll take him out and show him the cars. And the gentleman turned out wanted to buy a Corvette. So she came back to me about 10 minutes later, and she said, everybody says that you need to talk to the customer because you have a Corvette. You understand about the cars, and I don't know anything about the cars. So I walked out, and I met this gentleman, and he certainly did not look like a guy that was buying a brand-new Corvette, but you don't ever judge a book by its cover. And we started the chitty chat. And he asked me about the cars. And at that point, we actually had five brand new Corvettes on the showroom floor. And he said, well, you know, I really like red. And I pointed and said, well, there's a red one and there's a red one. The major difference in the two vehicles is that car's a manual transmission. That car's an, oh, no, no, I definitely need an automatic. Okay. Great. Automatic Corvette. So he looks at the car, I show him everything, and he says to me, now, I need a buyer's order from you to go to the bank. And I'm thinking to myself, how many buyer's orders I've written for customers that you've never seen again? And I got the VIN number off the car, I looked it up in the system, I made him a buyer's order. I handed him the buyer's order. I'm going to steal a line from Dr. Phil. We're going to finish this story when I come back from the break. Remember, my name's Gary. I'm the host of this show, and you can reach me at 602-525-1370. Welcome to Rodeo 4. Them. Welcome back to your Car Insider on 96 of the Patriot. Want to send out a very special thanks to David Garcia, Alex Medina at Rodeo Ford in Goodyear, Arizona. They completely understand what it is I'm trying to do when I'm helping a client buy a car. Understand that helping a client buy a car, I'm not selling you anything. So back to the story that I said I'd finish after the break. So I got to the point where I handed the gentleman the buyer's order. So I wrote the MSRP of the truck. I put the Corvette sales tax in, license plates, dock fee. This was the total. And it was somewhere in the $54,000 range back in 2004. I handed him the buyer's order, and he walked away, and I told the salesperson now, Don't hold your breath waiting for him to come back. And we all went back to work. So about 15 minutes later, I get paged. Gary Green, call line whatever. I pick up the phone. Uh, Good morning, Mr. Green. This is so-and-so from Bank of America. And it was the Bank of America on Central in Camelback. The dealership I was at was at 27th Avenue in Camelback. He said, I'm here with Mr. So-and-so and he's looking to get a cashier's check for the Corvettis purchasing and I would like the VIN number so that I can put that in the memo of the cashier's check. So now I th- I'm really thinking I'm on candid camera because it's probably the first time I ever handed somebody a buyer's order like that and they actually came back and bought the car. And at that point I've been doing this about 16 years and he, I gave the woman the information. She says, okay, thank you so much for your time, and have a great day. So a few minutes later, the gentleman calls from the car service he was in, and it's the driver, and he says, hey, I'm on my way back with Mr. So-and-so. He has the cashier's check. We'd like to get out of there as quick as possible. Can you start getting the car washed and ready to go? So we get back to getting the car out, car's getting washed, they come back, and there it is, the cashier's check from Bank of America. So, make sure I'm not set up. I go into the controller's office, I hand him the cashier's check, he calls the bank, it's a cashier's check, it's good, and we're ready to go. So I go out to the gentleman, and I said, hey, I just need a couple of things from you, I need your driver's license, and he hands me a driver's license, and I said, I need proof of insurance said, well, I don't have insurance. I don't have a car right now. So we were taking care of getting him insurance. And I asked him if this was the address that he wanted to use to register the car at. So I don't live there. I haven't lived there in a really long time. I said, well, where do you live? I live on my friend's couch. I'm like, what? He said, well, I, 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 he didn't use the word squat, but he said, I, I, I shuffle from friend to friend. I've been homeless for about eight years. And I think to myself, you, you're homeless and you're buying a Corvette. And he said, he said to me, well, you know what? And he was starting to get antsy because he realized he was spending a lot of money. And he said, well, let me tell you what happened. he said, Now, this was 2004. He said, I was in the military, and something had happened when I was leaving the military, and I got a dishonorable discharge. And I guess, and I don't understand exactly how it worked, but when some of these guys came back from the service, a couple of things they were buying right away were cars. And I remember my neighbor, when he came back, had bought a brand-new 1968 Camaro and it was either an SS or a Z28 but you got to remember I was eight years old at the time so I don't remember exactly what it was I just remember seeing the car in a tarp after it had rolled over and been totally demolished so he started to tell me the story got a dishonorable discharge and I didn't get my money to buy the car I wanted to buy And I always said, one day I would get that car. Well, he'd been fighting for about 30 years with the U.S. government about his dishonorable discharge. I don't know exactly what it was about, exactly what it was, but he explained to me that it was overturned and he received X amount of dollars. And he also received X amount of dollars a month for the rest of his life. And when we talked about it, he said, yeah, he said, you know, I, I, th- it's enough money to buy the car and buy a house. It was something that was retroed back 30 years. So I started thinking about it. If it's 30 years and it's 10 grand a year, that's $300,000. I didn't ask him what he got, but it was in excess of that. And it was about Boiling it down to you never ever ever judge a book by its cover i 'm really good at listening to what people want i don 't judge anybody uh, i 've been through my own dilemmas in my life where i 've had credit issues i 've needed help. Uh, I had a friend that was general manager of a Honda dealership i 'll never forget when I was in trouble and I needed help. He picked up the phone for me and said hey it 's a good guy. I know he 's going to make his payments." Give him a loan, and that's how I got my first Honda. Uh, that gentleman's name—he was the general manager of Showcase Honda for about thirty years. His name was Tom Bias. I'll never forget Tom for helping me with that. Uh, I had a gentleman, and it was funny when I worked at Lou Grub Chevrolet. We used to go to tent sales, and the tent sales were valley-wide Chevy tent sales. And I had a gentleman roll up to me in a wheelchair. And he actually said to me, I want to buy a car, and I want to buy a car from Lou Chevrolet. And the guy over at Lou Chevrolet, Arrowhead, said, he can't help me. There's nothing he can do. And I looked around, and I got 10 salespeople sitting there. And we're not really busy. And I got all the time in the world. So I said to gentleman, I think his name was Ken, and I'm going back 17 years. Tell me what's going on. So he proceeds to tell me the story. And I said, okay, give me some information. So I take his information, I pull his credit, and I go over to the gentleman at GMAC. They had a little part of the tent where they had the buyers. So I started talking to him and I explained the situation. And he said, hey, it's really simple. You can't mark the rate up. Uh, It's a flat and it's 18.9%. The gentleman's credit score was in the low 500s. So I went back to the gentleman, I explained everything to him and I said, hey, and here's the deal. I'm going to give you the rebates. I'm going to assign them to you. I'm not going to apply them to the price of the car. You're going to pay this for the car. I'm going to give you the rebates. It's going to cover you for the first three payments of your loan. And he said, okay. And I had everything approved and he bought the vehicle. Now, the only saving grace with him buying the car is he needed something very, very special. And I actually had the car in my inventory back at the dealership. I didn't bring it to the tent sale because it was something that was really special and he buys the car. And I had to have paperwork from his lawyer stating that when he received his settlement, the first person that was going to be paid before he got anything, the gentleman, was GMAC. So the lawyer was instructed he had to pay the car off from the gentleman's settlement. So in the meantime, that weekend, the guy took the car, and that Monday morning when I got to work, had a new general manager. And the new general manager seemed like a pretty good guy, was a really good guy. And to this day, if I see him, I love to say hello to him, love to chat with him. But it was funny, when he saw this guy rolling up in his wheelchair, he looked at me and said, don't even talk to this guy, there's nothing you can do to help him. And I said, nothing I can do to help him. I sold him a car over the weekend at the tent sale. He's like, what? I said, yeah, I sold him a car over the weekend at the tent sale. Well, how did you do that? I said, well, let me talk to him, and then I'll tell you the whole story when we're done. So I go out, and I talk to him, and, and this guy's got a smile on his face as big as the Grand Canyon. He said, Gary, you're not going to believe this. So What's that? And he reached in his pocket, and he pulled out an envelope, and he hands me a cashier's check. Now, we hadn't sent the contract to the bank yet. It's not like today where deals are instantly funded. He said, could we rip up that bank contract, and can I just pay cash for the car? I got my money this morning. Absolutely. And he turns to me and says, and by the way, I need a truck for me. And if you remember back in the day, an extended cab pickup truck was not a double cab in Chevy world. They had suicides swing out small doors behind the, the, the front doors of the vehicle. And this gentleman needed a vehicle that he could pull himself up into and be able to put his wheelchair behind the seat. And it wasn't a full wheelchair. It was kind of like a platform that he sat on with a small little back and he wheeled himself. It didn't even have handles for somebody to push him. It was just uh, like like a little transport chair. I said, you know, as a matter of fact, I do have a truck. So I look for the truck And I get the used car manager. So, well, well, I I sold the truck to our Ford store. I said, well, unsell it. I got a customer here that's going to buy the car. And he wrote a check for that car as well and bought a warranty for that car. And the dealership made plenty of money. And at that point, it was kind of, it it just kind of made me not chuckle, not laugh, but I'm thinking to myself, here's a guy that I'm working for. And I thought how to sell two cars to him, and he excused the guy from playing. Folks, if you don't know how this works, I'm here to help you. And the easiest way that I can help you is please pick up the phone. Give me a call at area code 602-525-1370. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm not here to talk you into something that you shouldn't be doing. I've mentioned it earlier. I thought it was a great decision that that gentleman did when he kept his Nissan Rogue. It didn't make any sense in my mind to actually buy another car. He had a good vehicle. He had the repair fixed. He still had a warranty. There was no need for him to take on more debt. The other thing that I told him about was the longer that you wait, you just bought a home, your credit score is going to increase. One of the things that was hurting his payment was what the interest rate was on the car loan that he was getting. It was better than what he had, but it wasn't the greatest. My name's Gary Green. I'm the host of the show and the easiest way to reach me. It's area code 602-525-1370. I want to take a minute. I want to thank Chatsasan at Rodeo Kia in Avondale, Arizona. Uh, Chad has been a great help whenever clients have needed Kias. Uh, Joey Staples at Earnhardt Honda. Same with the Hondas. Adam Breen at Earnhardt Hyundai in Avondale. Uh, I've had the opportunity to help some people get Genesis. Uh, it's been a pleasure dealing with Tony Femiano and Earnhardt Hyundai in North Scottsdale. You know, I don't. I don't shy away from going to other dealerships, but I will tell you, I helped two family members buy the same exact car. One got the car from one dealership. The other one got the exact same car from the other dealership, and unfortunately, I couldn't get her the same deal I got her brother where I normally go to, and they didn't even want her to buy the car because they were actually discounting the car from where they normally would have sold it, and they were doing that for me. She has the money to do it, what it is she wants and she absolutely has the and I felt bad but you know it's understanding who's going to give you the best deal and it's not necessarily the best deal sometimes but sometimes it's the car that you want to buy and you don't want to change from that and this woman when it came time to buy the car that her brother had she had found the last one in the valley there were actually two they were at the same dealership one was white one was silver she drove home in the silver one once again my name is Gary Green I'm the host of the show Your Car Insider on 960 the Patriot and my number it's 602-525-1370 I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope everybody's having a great holiday season